Amen. All right, well, let's open up our Bibles to Romans chapter 6 this morning. Um, the last couple of weeks, you know, all year we have been, this whole year, we have been uh, talking about the supernatural. We've been, uh, the word the Lord gave us for this year is that uh, 2019, the superna- in 2019, the supernatural will become our new natural. And we've been looking at all kinds of different aspects about that. And um, every time I, I think we're going to get off of it, we just go a different direction with it. And, and uh, the Lord's been helping us in that. Amen. And, and uh, the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about the presence of the Lord. Last week, we started, we started looking at uh, the benefits of the presence of the Lord, the benefits of being, learning to walk in His presence. You know, and we saw in, in, uh, uh, we saw in, in Psalm 106 there, we saw where it says that the, the fullness of joy is in His presence. Amen. And man, I've been meditating on that verse all week. The fullness of joy is in His presence. You know, we also saw that, that last week we saw not only joy, but also, you know, we saw that, that you know, we looked at about four different, four different things, four different areas or four different uh, benefits that the Lord, that, uh, that comes our way when we, when we learn to walk in the presence of the Lord. Um, as I was praying this week and just really studying and really uh, asking the Lord which direction to go, um, Man, he really just, I mean, this is an incredible, uh, you know, he just downloaded this and just reminded me of, of so many things that, that I've been taught about this down through the years. And, and I want to share with you something today that, that I believe that will be, I mean, it's one, of those, it's one of those, if you grab hold of this, now it's nothing new, you probably know this already, you know, uh, you've heard this, and so it's not, it's gonna, not going to necessarily be life-changing uh, new revelation, but how many of you know that, that if, we, if we acted on the, on the knowledge that we already have, how much different our lives would be? We don't need, necessarily need a new revelation. We just need to start walking in what we already know. Right. Amen. That would help us. But, but anyway, the Lord, the Lord started talking to me about the greatest battle to walk in the supernatural. The greatest battle to walk in the supernatural. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And, um, you know, the, the Bible is very plain and very, teaches us very, very clearly that we are a three-part being. We are a spirit. We're created after in the image of God. It, God is a spirit, and He created us after His image. So we are a spirit being first and foremost. Uh, more than anything else, we're spirit. Now, uh, a, lot of people, a lot of people sometimes don't... Uh, they don't recognize that as strongly because the Spirit is the part of us we can't see. But it is the biggest part of us. It's the most real. Your Spirit is more real than anything else because your Spirit will live forever. And, you know, this body that we live in, that we're th- uh, we, I said we're a three-part being. We are a Spirit. We have a soul, which is where our mind, our will, and our emotions are. That's the, in the soulish realm. That's in our soul. And then we live in a body. Now, most people are more conscious of their body than they are any other part of their, uh, any other part of their, their existence because this body is what touches the natural realm. We deal with it every day. We deal with the aches and the pains and the, and the you know, how it looks and what, what it wants fed and, and you know, wh- where it wants to go. And, and so we're always dealing with the, with the natural side of things, the, the body itself. But I want to I kind of take that thought this morning about the three different realms, the, the, the spirit, the soul, and the body, and I want us to relate that 
to walking in the supernatural. And hopefully this is going to help you, kind of help all of us, kind of get a picture of, of why, why in the past we have all struggled with walking and, and doing the, the things, the spiritual things that we've all wanted to do. So for the sake of this illustration, I want to say this over here is going to be our body. This is the flesh, this area right here. The middle part here, this will be our soul. This is our mind, will, and our emotions. And then this part over here on my right to your left, this area will be the spirit, our spirit man. Now when, when we get born again, the Bible tells us that, that God moves in. He comes into our life. The Bible says that old, old things are passed away. All things, behold, all things become new. When God moves into our lives, what part of our, what part of our existence does He move into? He moves into the spirit realm because he is a spirit, right? He is a spirit and he moves in into our spirit realm, our spirit. You know, we're calling it a realm where, you know, we're three part beings, but yet, you know, it's all one part. We don't, we don't separate like you don't see three of me up here. You just see me. But, but when you look at me, when you look at my body on the inside of me, I have my mind, will and emotions and I also have my spirit man. So when God comes in, He comes in, and the Bible tells us He comes into the spiritual, into the spirit realm, and the Bible actually says, the Bible actually says that, that the spirit man becomes, um, that becomes totally new. He, he doesn't just renovate. He doesn't, um, one translation even says that, that it's a new existence, that never, or it's a new creation that has never existed before. You know, so it's not that he just remodels and, and redecorates a little bit. When he comes in, everything becomes new. That's our spirit man. Now, the other two realms, our mind, will, and emotion, and our bodies, at the moment of salvation, for the majority of people, uh, nothing changes in those. That, that is left up for you and I. Now, sometimes there, sometimes there are... Tess, could you turn me down just a little bit? I'm getting a little bit of feedback. Sometimes there are, um, you know, some radical changes that happen at salvation. There's, there's, uh, you know, there's some things that, you know, some, some things definitely change and, and everything. But for the majority, for the most part, our, our mind, God leaves it up to us to do what with? To be renewed, right? And, that, and the importance of renewing our mind is going to come into play in a huge part in here in just a moment. But over here you have the flesh, you have our body. And this is the, this is the realm uh, that most people stay in, this flesh. Because the reason they stay in it is because it's what they can see. A lot of people, a lot of people have trouble, a lot of people have trouble um, putting faith into something they can't see. You know, like a lot of people will say, well, when I see it, I'll believe it. So they have to see something before they'll believe it. Well, that's not the way God works. God says if you believe it, then you'll see it. It'll bring the invisible to, to be visible. That's called faith, right? That's what faith will do. So let's talk about this just for a moment. In our, in our walk in the supernatural, learning to, learning to walk in the supernatural, learning to to uh, get God involved in every area of our lives, okay? If God is in our spirit man, 
then, you know, he is, he's in our spirit, man. He's, he's living on the inside of us. But you know what? If you stay over here in the flesh, you're going to have a hard time hearing what God is trying to say to you. And you might say, well, Pastor, how, why do you say that? Well, let me show you this scripture. Because, uh, actually, hold your, actually, turn to Galatians first. Let's do this. I want to do this backwards here from the way I was going to do it. Let's turn to Galatians chapter 5. And let's just pick up in uh, verse 16. Galatians 5, 16 says this. This I say then. Now this is Paul's letter to the church at Galatia. He says, this I say then. Walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So here you see very clearly Paul... Paul differentiates between walking in the Spirit and the lust of the flesh. It's almost like he's talking about two different things, isn't it? He said, if you learn to walk in the Spirit, you won't have to deal with the flesh as much. Right? Walk in the Spirit, and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now, this next verse is very important. Listen to this. Verse 17. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit. Now that word lusteth, you know, uh, especially in today's society, it's, it, it just holds a sexual content. You know, when you think of lust, you automatically think sexual. But here, the word lusteth really is the, is the word for war. The flesh, it says the flesh warreth against the Spirit. The, the Amplified, I think, says, For the desires of the flesh are opposed to the Holy Spirit. So the flesh and the Spirit, they're opposite. But, but we're, we're in one body. <laughs> and I'm sure every one of us can attest and raise our hand to say, I've fought that fight. My spirit man wants to do one thing, but my flesh wants to do something else. Right? The flesh, he says here, now remember, Paul said, if you walk in the Spirit... You won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. And then he says, for the flesh opposes the Spirit. And if we stay in the flesh, then, what, then our actions are going to be opposite of what the Spirit wants to do. Amen? Everybody with me so far? For the flesh lusteth against the, the, the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. So it's not just a one-way battle. See, your flesh wants to do one thing and the spirit man wants to do something else. And they're, they're constantly at war. They're constantly fighting. They're constantly battling it out to see which one is going to be the stronger one. And we're going to talk about how you strengthen, you know, you know what, what you take into you is, determines what strengthens either your flesh or your spirit. All right. So he says, the flesh lusts against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would or that you want to do. But if you are led by the or led of the spirit, you are not under the law. All right. So now he he brings the law into this. And he says, now, now I want you, actually, I want to read this just for the sake of time. I want to read this from the Passion Translation. Because um, some of the words that the King James uses especially sometimes can be kind of, I mean, you know, words we don't necessarily use today. 
But the, the Passion Translation is, is, brings this out really well. Let me read it from here. He says this, um, As you yield freely and fully to the dynamic life and the power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings of your self-life or your flesh. For your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit. And they hinder, uh, they hinder Him from living free within you. And the Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder your old self-life from dominating you. Wow. So then, the two incompatible and conflicting forces within you are your self-life of the flesh and your new creation life of the Spirit. But when you are brought into the full freedom of the Spirit of grace... You will no longer be living under the dominion of the law, but you'll be soaring above it. I like that. Now listen, here he's going to differentiate between what happens when you walk in the flesh, and then he's going to tell you what happens when you walk in the Spirit. And he says this, he says, The cravings of the self-life are obvious. Now remember, as I'm reading this, I want you to think, I made the statement that most people most people live in this realm because it's the realm that that they can touch and taste and feel and and you know and it's it's just to be honest with you it's easier to give in to the flesh than try to figure out how to walk in the spirit for a lot of people. The battle is so intense that they instead of instead of taking the time let me make this I'll make this comment and I'll I'll back this up in a minute but time is a precious uh, currency of spiritual things. Did you get that? Time is a precious currency of spiritual things. It takes time to be in His presence. Come on now. You don't just wake up and just jump in His presence without taking time. And the reason a lot of people end up staying in the flesh is because they think they have a lot of other stuff to do with their time than trying, than, I say trying, than they, they, have, they, they think that they don't take the time, I'll just put it that way, they don't take the time to get into the Spirit, so they just stay in the flesh. Now, what happens when you stay in the flesh? Here Paul gives us a list, and here he says, here's what happens, here's what the flesh wants to do. He says, the cravings of the self-life are obvious. Sexual immorality, lustful thoughts, pornography, chasing after things instead of God, manipulating others, hatred of those who get in the way, senseless arguments, resentment when others are favored instead of you, temper tantrums, angry quarrels, only thinking of yourself, being in love with your own opinions, mm. <laughs> being envious of the blessings of others, murder, uncontrolled addictions, wild parties, and all other similar behavior. You see, let me, let's just be real this morning. When we stay in the flesh, 
we justify, we justify, I'm having trouble with my words this morning, we justify having sex before marriage. Everybody's doing it. We justify doing drugs. Well, you know, really, it's not the same as it was back in biblical days. Well, don't you know they've legalized pot in all these states? It's okay to do that. Well, one drink never hurt anybody. The flesh will justify all these things that the Bible says will lead you to death. Now, it may not be real popular, but it's true. Amen. Listen, I've never met an alcoholic who told me I wish, or who told me, I'm so glad I took that first drink. I've never regretted it. I've never met one that's told me that. Almost to the, almost to, to the number I've met, I've heard them say, I wish I had never taken that first drink. Teenagers and, and young, young people have said, I wish I had never taken that first hit of drugs. I wish I'd never let my friends talk me into it. People that had kids out of wedlock, I've never heard them say, I'm so glad I had sex before marriage. Now, I've heard worldly people say that, but it's not God's way. Come on. Listen, I, I ain't saying nothing, but it's, I'm echoing what Paul said here. When you, let, when you live in the flesh and you walk in the flesh, these things are, is what's going to be coming out of you. Well, okay. We'll move on. Paul said, Haven't I already warned you that those who use their freedom for these things will not inherit the kingdom realm of God? Well, I'm under grace. I can do what I want to do. I'm free. Really. Paul said if you use your freedom to do ungodly things, you won't inherit the kingdom of God. That's pretty straightforward. Now, your interpretation of what that means can be varying, but, but I, I just want to say this. I don't know about you, but I want to inherit everything God has for me. Amen. I'll move on. I know we're stepping on some toes, but it's all right. <clears throat> but the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you. Now that was what happens when you walk in the flesh. Now he's going to contrast that to the Spirit, living, God's Spirit living on the inside of you. But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all of its varied expressions. Joy that overflows. Peace that subdues. Patience that endures. Kindness in action. A life full of virtue. Faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, and strength of spirit. Never set the law above these qualities, for they are meant to be limitless. I like the King James says, there's no law, there's no law that, that pertains, how does it say? It says, against such there is no law. So in other words, you know, when you're walking in the spirit, the law, the 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 the, the, the world's way, the world's system, when you're walking in the Spirit, there's no law that can stop you. 
Because these things are greater than the law. Then he says, he goes on to say this. He says, keep in mind that we who belong to Jesus, the anointed one, we have already experienced crucifixion. Now you can, uh, we're going to turn over to Romans 6 here in a moment, and you can read all of Romans 5 and 6, and all of that talks about the, you know, not being, not letting sin have dominion over you. Because we've been crucified with Christ. And if we're crucified with Christ, then we're dead to sin. Amen. So here he echoes that. He just says, he says, just keep in mind that we who belong to Jesus, we've already been crucified. We've already experienced it. For everything connected with our self-life was put to death on the cross and crucified with our Messiah. We must live in the Holy Spirit and follow after Him. Come on. Very, very easy you can see the difference what Paul laid out between, between the flesh and between the Spirit. Now, here's where I want you to see this morning. And here's what the Lord showed me. That that's very strongly shows us the, the, the flesh and it shows us the Spirit. But what did it leave out? Our soul. It left out the part of us that is very important. Now, the flesh is important because without the flesh... We wouldn't have a body to be in. We, you know, we, nobody could see us, right? The Spirit is very important because it's where God lives and it's, it's what we are to, to live after and walk in. But our mind, our will, and our emotions play such a huge part in whether we're going to walk in the flesh or whether we're going to walk in the Spirit. That's the reason why it's so important and why Paul, he, he hammered it home time after time after time, Romans 12 especially. You know, renew your mind with the Scriptures. It's important what we allow in our, in our eyes and in our ears. Because what you, what, you, what you focus on and what you meditate on is what you will reproduce. If you focus on carnal things, fleshy things, if you focus on all the, the, the stuff, that list that I just read there about the flesh, then guess what? You're going you're to reproduce that. But if you renew your mind to what the Word says, to what God says, then He says, all of a sudden, that over there loses its power over you. Now, people will say, Pastor, I just, I just can't, you know... I have no choice, man. I, I mean, it's just the, the urge is too strong. Turn to Romans chapter 6. Let's see what... Here, I believe Paul was the author of Romans as well. Here, Let's see what he says to the church here to Rome. In Romans chapter 6, and we'll just... Now, we could read, like I said, we could read this whole passage because this is... Romans is an incredible book. And, and, he, and this is where he goes on to say, you know, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? And then he says, God forbid. In other words, no. You know, I mean, just, because, just because grace abounds, you know, grace greatly abounds where sin is, that doesn't mean we should just sin more so we get more grace. That's opposite of what, what God intended, right? So, so you can read Romans 6 and you can, you can get a feel for that. But let's just pick up here in... Um, <clears throat> well, let's just look at verse 10. Let's start in verse 10. Romans chapter 6, verse 10. He says for this. He says, For in that he died, talking about Jesus, in that he died, he died unto sin once. 
but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. That word reckon is an accounting term. It just means, you know, add up both sides, reckon, make it, make it balance. And when you, when you come up with the, the equation, you're going to realize that you're dead to sin because of what Jesus did. Like when you balance a checkbook, and you know the, the goal of balancing a checkbook is coming out you know, to, to, for the numbers to match. And he says here, because just, just like Jesus died, and he died unto sin and he rose unto God, he says, you need to reckon yourself the same thing. In other words, you died to sin, and now you're living for God. Reckon yourself that way. Come up, you know, determine that you're, you know, that, that the, this is truth and that you have died to sin and now you're living to God. Verse 12, he goes on to say, or verse, um, yeah, verse 12. He says, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body. Now notice that. He didn't, notice he didn't say, well, I sure hope it's not too strong to where, you know, to where you can handle it. What did Paul say? He said, don't let it. Now, what does that tell us? That tells us it's our choice. Let not sin, therefore, reign in your mortal body. Well, what are we going to do then? He says this. He says, don't let it reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the lust thereof. In other words, you know, because it's, going, it's strong. Listen, the, the lust of our flesh, the, 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 the uh, power of our flesh... I mean, if, if, I, if I told you that it wasn't strong, you know, I would be lying to you. How many of you know the, the, the lust of our flesh is strong? I mean, it wants... Listen, now we talked about a lot of things, but let's, let's go down this road. It wants to eat more than it should. It wants a second and third helping. It wants sweet tea, dear Lord, sweet tea. <clears throat> I love sweet tea, but it, but, but it's not good for me. That you know, the power of our flesh. If we just gave into our flesh all the time, the power of that is strong. But Paul says, don't let that flesh overrule your spirit. Now, here's where we get the part where I want to show you this. Verse thirteen. He goes on to say this, Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. He says, so just like, just like he said, don't let sin reign, then he says the same way, don't let your members take part in iniquity. Now, what's he talking about? Don't let your eyes look at pornography. Don't let your ears listen to gossip. Don't let, don't let your, your thoughts, don't let your eyes and your thoughts go toward a, a, a woman or a man that's not your husband or wife. Oh, well, they're just my friend. They understand me. You see, listen. When we're here, when we're in the flesh, you know what voice you hear when you're in the flesh? God's voice is way over there in your spirit. You know what voice you hear when, you hear when you're standing right here? You're hearing the enemy. Well, you know, he wasn't really the one for you. Oh, well, that, the company won't miss you if you take that $100. They'll never know. Look how much money they have. 
Now, is that, is that God speaking to you? Do not let sin reign. Just in the same way you don't let that happen, then don't yield your instruments, don't yield your eyes, your ears, your hands, your feet, whatever else, what other instrument there is, don't yield it to iniquity. Now, Pastor, why are you meddling this morning? Because I'm talking about how to get over in the supernatural. Because if you're doing that stuff, you ain't going to be walking in the supernatural. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that live, as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. So in other words, here's just what he said. He said, act like, act like who you are. If you're Jesus's, if you've made Him your Savior, then guess what? You're dead to sin. Now you're alive to God, so act like you're dead to sin. Stop messing around with that stuff. Stop acting like it's okay. Just because Hollywood says it's okay doesn't mean that God's changed His mind. Verse 14. Now listen to this. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but you're under grace. That didn't say you could do that stuff and not, and not have consequences for it. That's not grace. Now thank God for grace. I, I love preaching on grace. You guys know that. But grace is not a license to, do, to live any way you want to live and still enjoy the benefits of the kingdom. Right. Amen. So, verse 15 and 16. Here's where I wanted to get. Oh, that, that was free. I didn't charge you. I won't charge you nothing for that. <laughs> verse 15 and 16. What then? <laughs> yeah, I like Paul. He said, what then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? God forbid. Know ye not... Now listen to this. This is, this is such a powerful verse. Know ye not that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey. Know ye not that, that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, His servants you are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. And what did he just say? He just said this. Don't you know that when you make... See, because here's, here's where, our, here's where our, our, our soul comes in. Our mind, will, and emotions come in. Okay, we're going to tie this together real quick. When you make the decision, and it's a decision. Listen, you don't just end up in bed with somebody. You don't, you don't just end up drunk on the side of the road somewhere. You don't end up strung out on drugs somewhere and think, how did I get here? When you make the decision to yield yourself to that stuff, then guess who you're, guess who you're going to serve? Who is, we can say it this way. The flesh right here, since it touches this natural world and it touches the, the, the things of the natural, the Bible says that Satan is the God of this world. So you could say this, when you yield yourself to fleshly instincts and fleshly desires, you're serving Satan. 
Because the flesh is in opposite in opposition. It's opposite of what the Spirit wants. So when you yield yourself into those things, and listen, and, and I mean, we all know how it goes. You know, the first time you do something, you think, you know, man, you're looking for a lightning bolt. You're looking for, you know, God's going to get me for doing this, and nothing happens. So then you think, oh, well, you know, maybe, maybe it's okay to do this. And you do it again. And you do it again. And then before you know it, you're not even thinking about doing it. You're just doing it. But little do you know that every time you do that, you're yielding yourselves, you're becoming more and more of a slave to that way of living. And then when you do try to stop, and when you do try to make a change, how many of you know sometimes it can be really hard? They have, they have tentacles, those things have tentacles that run in you, and sometimes it can be very hard to break free from those things. Versus, he says, if you yield yourself to God, if you make the choice, nope, I'm not doing that, I'm serving God. Then all of a sudden, your members, you've yielded yourself to God, and God is now your master. And you start, you start doing righteous things versus unrighteous things. You start renewing your mind to what the Word says versus what the world says. Come on. Now, listen to this. 1 Peter 2.11 um, says this. You can put that up. Well, he's, he's not up there. 1 Peter 2.11 says this. Abstain from, lust, from fleshly lust which war against the soul. 1 Peter 2.11. Now, look at that. He says, abstain from fleshly lust which what? Which war against the soul. Now, why does it war against the soul? Because every time you make a choice, every time you make a decision to yield to that, then it, it hurts or it damages your thought process toward God. And it wages war against you living a godly life because now you're giving in to this. We could almost, we could almost say it like this. One way I saw it as I was praying about it is like a tug of war. And your soul is that flag. And you know, your, your, the, your flesh is pulling and pulling, and when you start yielding to that, your soul gets closer and closer over here. What does that mean? My thoughts, my actions, what, you know, what I'm thinking about, what I'm meditating on, it's all going this direction. And then all of a sudden, the voice of God gets, gets softer and softer because I'm getting closer and closer over here. Now, this is a, you understand, this is a, a radical illustration. I mean, because we're, you know, I mean, we're all in, it's all in one body, you understand, but I, I'm trying to make a point here, okay? So, so you're being pulled further and further away from the voice of God. And you're listening, you're starting to listen to the voice of your flesh, or we, we could, you could, in the most radical terms, you could say, you're listening to the voice of, of your enemy. Because when you give in to these things, you're in opposition to God. Versus when we, when we start renewing our mind to the Word, we start seeing what, seeing what the Word says, and we start obeying the Word, then all of a sudden we get closer and closer to God, and the voice of our flesh gets weaker and weaker. And we get closer and it gets weaker. And we get closer and it gets weaker. Until all of a sudden, those things that, that lured us, those things that attracted us, those things that were, were, so, were so important to us, 
in the years gone by, all of a sudden we hadn't even thought about it in months. Why? Because we're listening to the voice of God now. And we're getting further away from the voice of, the, the voice of our flesh. Now, does that mean you, you'll never be able to give back into it? No, remember, I said it's a choice. Every day, every situation, every time you have an opportunity, it's a choice, and it's doing this to your soul. It's warring with your soul. The battle, the greatest battle you will face is in your mind. It's renewing our mind so that... See, because here's, here's the reality... You're either renewing your mind so that you so that you see yourself like God sees you, or you're renewing your mind and you're seeing yourself the way the enemy wants you to see yourself. You see, the enemy, he's whispering, when you get over in this direction, he's whispering, you'll never be good enough. Oh, just go ahead and give in to that temptation because, oh, if you don't have sex with that boy, he's going to leave you. You know, oh, if everybody's everybody's looking at that stuff, if you don't say you're looking at it, then then everybody's going to start making fun of you. Oh, you know, no, everybody steals a little bit from their companies. I mean, they they take stuff all the time. Everybody does it. Nobody's going to notice. And the more you go this direction the fainter and fainter the voice of God becomes to you. You get over here and all of a sudden, then all of a sudden, here's what happens. Now, we've been talking about radical stuff. I mean, you know, sin that we would call pretty bad sin. But what about this? We start, you know, we, we, go, through a, we go through a sickness. And all of a sudden, you know, all of a sudden we're in this battle. The Word says this, but I'm not seeing the results that I think I should. So I'm starting to think, well, you know, does God really heal? Is it really God's desire? Is it really God's will to heal? And the further you get over here, all of a sudden, well, you know God doesn't heal everybody. He's trying to teach you a lesson. It's not God's will. He, you know, that, all, that, was, that, that, was, for the, that was for the early church. That's not for us today. And see, so you're renewing your mind to those thoughts that are opposite of what God's Word says. And next thing you know, you're over here blaming God, saying, well, God, why haven't you healed me? Oh, somebody else got a healing. Well, there you go. God, here I am. I've been sitting here for three years, and you hadn't touched me one time. And they just walked into church and got healed. What's up? We start getting offended when other people get blessed. Oh, somebody comes in bragging about, oh, well, God blessed me with a new car. You know, my car's 25 years old. I've been praying for that for I've been praying, you know, asking God to give me a new car and he, you know, all he you know, he ain't giving me nothing. And all of a sudden we start getting offended because we start listening to the voice that says, Oh, you see, God God's he's partial. You know, God God doesn't love you like he loves them. You might as well get that in your head. You're just you're just always gonna always gonna come up on the short end of the stick. And, and listen, because here's, here's the reality. Every one of us renew our mind every single day. Our mind is being renewed. Our mind is being programmed. We are, we are, we are programming our mind to how, how to look, how to hear. We're, we're putting filters up. Whether you realize it or not, 
What, what you're listening to and what you're, what you're putting into you is what is renewing your mind. If you're reading doctor reports about how bad a sickness is, and you're constantly talking, looking at all the, disease, all the side effects, and you're constantly negative, 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 you're training, you're renewing your mind that God's not going to heal you. When you're in the flesh, listen. Man, I ain't got to my notes. <clears throat> when you're in the flesh, when you're in the flesh, turn with me to 2 Corinthians. Here, I'll try and wrap this up real quick. 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 10. Thank you, Lord, for helping me with this. All right, so how do you, how do you... How do we get... Because the reality is this. Paul even said it. Paul said, we all walked in the flesh at one time. This was us at one time, especially before we knew God. We were all here. And even after we, even after we found God and even after God moved in and, and He's in the spirit realm over there and we know we should be doing that over there, most, most people stay right here because it's all they've ever known. Look at the disciples, right? The disciples, even after Jesus, you know, spent three and a half years, they saw everything they saw. They saw miracles and just, I mean, it's unreal what they saw, almost. Even, and when Jesus, when Jesus was crucified, what did they do? They went back to what was familiar to them. They went back fishing. They got back on the boat and got out on the sea. That's what they, that's what they had known their whole life. So they went back to what was comfortable to them. Because they were they were battling they were battling whether that three and a half years was wasted or not. Because they thought Jesus was going to be the reigning king. Man, they thought he was going to come and kick butt and take names and, and they were going to be part of it. And now all of a sudden he's laying in a tomb. So what do they do? Ah, I think I'm going back to what I know what to do. I'm going back fishing. And they go back out on the sea. And then Jesus comes and calls them in and, and they realize it's him and, and, you know, Peter just jumps in and just swims to the shore, don't even wait for the boat because he realizes, uh-oh, wait, <laughs> you know, he's alive. <clears throat> so how do we get from the flesh to the spirit? How do we control it? How do we get there? Listen to what Paul said here to the, Corinth, to the church at Corinth. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh... Because we're all flesh and we all have a body. We all walk in the flesh. We do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal or they're not fleshy, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now look at verse 6. I want to show you this. He says this, Casting down imaginations. That's the first thing. Where's, where's your imagination? In your mind. So the first thing, he says, you're casting down something in your mind. He says, you cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Well, where's your knowledge at? In your mind. And bringing into captivity every thought. Where's your thoughts come from? Your mind. So he says, casting down uh, and, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. What, he, what he's saying here is this. He said the, the battle, the fight, 
the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but they're, they're, they're powerful through God. And what is, that, what is the weapon that we use? It's renewing our mind to what God says. All three of those things, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. What's he talking about? He's talking about the, wep- the weapons that God has given us is in our soulish realm. Now, it's a spiritual weapon, but it comes to help us what? Renew our mind. So that when we renew our mind, we do this. Instead of going this way, when we renew our mind to the things of God, we start going this way. We start pulling toward God. Oh, okay, God, your word says that it is your will to heal everybody. That the stripes you took on your back, they paid for all sin and all sickness and all disease. Okay, and it says that you know because of that, then we can claim that. And 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 when you when you shared the communion, the the, the Lord's supper, you said that your body was broken for me. So so I'm renewing. So Lord, I see that. I I, I believe that. I, I I believe that 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 you paid the price for my sickness. So therefore, I shouldn't have to put up with this because you've already paid the price. So I declare I'm healed, and I by by the authority of God's word and and the stripes that were on His back, I'm healed in Jesus' name. And all of a sudden, we're here instead of way over there. Every, everything, whatever you're struggling with, addictions, drugs, you know, sexual things, I mean, it doesn't matter what it is. You have to renew your mind to what God's Word says about it. You have to see and you have to look and say, what does God say? And when, when I find out what God says, then I renew my mind to what God says and it pulls me this way. And here's and listen, this is not a one-time thing. It's not, oh, we get over here in the Spirit, I never have to look at that again. It is a every day, every moment, every situation, every opportunity thing. That's the reason I, I tell you that time is one of, the, one of the most precious commodities in heaven. Heaven is outside of time. Time, time means nothing in heaven. In other words, heaven is for eternity. I mean, it's, there's no time in heaven. But you know where there is time? Here. And you know why it's so precious in heaven? Because so few people want to put in the time to renew their mind so that they go this way instead of finding themselves in the gutter over there wondering where God is. They come over here and they start blaming God for everything Oh, God, well, you didn't heal me. God, you didn't deliver me. God, you didn't protect me. God, you didn't do this. You didn't do that. And it's like the question I asked you last week. You know, how, you know, how much time have you spent with him lately? Oh, well, I, I say my prayers before I go to bed. Well, that's good. But it ain't going to win many battles. Oh, well, I go to church every Sunday. That's, that's great. I mean, I'm... I'm Keep coming to church. That's good. You're learning. You're, you're, you're getting fed. That's good. But that ain't going to win many battles. You know what wins battles? We, we sing that song, This is How I Fight My Battles. You know what wins battles? Time in His presence. It's putting other stuff down and saying, God, you know, yeah, that's my favorite TV show. That's my favorite sport. That's, I enjoy doing that thing on the side. I enjoy going there. I enjoy doing this and that with, with my friends. But you know what? Today I'm putting that down and I just want to spend some time with you. 
I want to renew my mind to what your word says. I want to, I want to get closer to you. I, Lord, I just want to, Lord, I just want to be here and just, just soak in your presence. And, and Lord, I just want to get closer to you. Father, not, not, even, not even come in with a, with a long list of agenda and a long list of things. I just want to spend time with you. And you see what's happening? The more time I do that, then all of a sudden, that's pretty far over there. And I'm not even hearing that anymore. And I'm hearing the voice of God. I'm, I'm listening to Him. I'm, I'm what? I'm now I'm walking in the Spirit. I'm being led by the Spirit in every choice, every decision. The question is, will you, will you pay the price? Well, Pastor, what's the price? Well, I just told you, it's time. <laughs> I can't do it for you. Your husband, your wife can't do it. Your kids can't do it. Your mom and dad can't do it. You know what? It's up to you and it's up to me. If I want, if I want to walk in the Spirit, then it will take time to get in the Spirit. A lot of people give up because they, they, they think, well, I'll, I'll give God time five minutes later. Well, I'm out of time now. I've got to go. Friend, listen. I, don't let it become. Don't let it become a. Uh, don't let it become a, a law. You know. Don't don't think. Oh, I've got to spend. You know, x amount of time, x amount of minutes a day. You know, with the Lord. Don't don't let it become such a burden to you, because if it's a burden, then then you know, you've been around people that that uh, you know didn't want to be there. Well, do you think God enjoys it when, when He knows we, we don't want to be there, but we're sitting here watching our... Oh, three more minutes, three more minutes, three more minutes. Two and a half more minutes, two and a half more minutes. Okay, I can do this, I can do this. Two minutes, 40, uh, 15 seconds. Okay, I got this. Go do what you want to do. Don't waste God's time. Because you know what? Because it ain't getting you nowhere either. But here's, here's the secret that you'll learn, and I, I promise you this. The more time you spend with Him, the more time you'll want to. You'll fall in love with Him. It'll become, it'll become, such, it'll become such a thing that you'll look for five minutes to get a, just to get along with Him in the middle of your busy day. You'll look for ways, okay, you know, man, I, okay, I want to cut this short so I can go over here and just, just so I can just go say hey to Dad for a minute. And just be in His presence. You see, you can't, you can't, you can't stay there 24-7 because you work, right? I mean, now, you, you know, we, said, we were talking about that this morning in Foundation. We're in His presence because he's li He lives on the inside of us. So, yes, we're always in His presence. But I'm talking about setting, setting aside time, especially where you do nothing else, but you're just with Him. You know, you never leave His presence. He never leaves you. But you find that time, just, just, just you and Him, where you put away every other distraction and you just say, God, I'm, I'm just, I just want to spend some time with you. Just to, just to be in your presence. How do, you think, how do you think Jesus, why do you think he, so much of the time, it says he, he, he distanced himself from the crowd and went to the mountain to pray? What was his prayer life like? I don't think Jesus' prayer life was full of begging and, 
and pleading for God to do something. I think his prayer life was more like this. Oh, Dad, it's so good to see you. Oh, I just love being in your presence. Thank you for refreshing me, Father. Yeah, I just... Lord, what do you want to do? What, what, Father, what do you want to do this afternoon? You know, where do you want me to go? What, who do you want me to talk to? You know, just to be in your presence, Father. And when you learn to do that, mm-mm, you know, all of a sudden, everything else just kind of fades away. And, and, and your relationship with Him goes to a whole other level. Amen? And you find yourself... You find yourself, and here's the key, you find yourself winning the battles for your mind. Because you see, every choice you make is a battle for your mind. Am I going this way, or am I going this way? And every choice you make compounds the next choice. Well, I went this way, so you know what, now I'm going to have to make a couple decisions to get back over here. But when you start making the right choices and you start renewing your mind to the Word, I promise you, it gets easier to say no to your flesh. It gets easier to, to stay over here on this side making the right choices. The greatest battle you have is what you think about, what you meditate on, what you allow in your eyes, in your ears, into your heart. It's the greatest battle you will face. But thank God we're not alone. He tells, us, he tells us exactly what to renew our mind with. He shows us, think on these things. <laughs> you know, He shows us exactly what to think about and what to meditate on. And when we do that, man, we can start... I, I don't know about you, I'll be so glad. I mean, I will be so glad when I get to heaven and I won't have to worry about my flesh anymore. Amen. Because you know what? This flesh, man, he, he, rises, he raises his head up pretty often wanting, wanting to go against what the Spirit wants. Because they're warring. They're, they're battling each other. And, and there's a fight. Don't you know today, in today's society, there is a, you can see it. There is a fight Amen. for our minds to get you to believe. They want you to believe their truth. What they say is true. That's the reason the truth is so important to have your mind renewed in. Renew your mind to this and nothing else. And when you do that, boy, I tell you, I mean, your life will start to turn around. Amen? Let's bow our heads. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. Father, my prayer today is, Father, that this, this, uh, these words that we've spoken, Father, will go deep into each one of us. And, Lord, that it will make a difference. Maybe, maybe Lord, even as, as, as uh, Father was spoken earlier, that, that, Father, the scales will come off some eyes this morning and they'll see the, the trick of the enemy to get them to believe a lie. And Lord, that every one of us will be encouraged and be, be strengthened.